I think when we start to look at a lot of the changes in how we look at the role and how we're supporting SDRs, it is about broadening the idea of you know, what their career path can be. I think when we approach it that way, then it starts to make sense to have SDRs spend time with marketing to learn demand gen. The B2B Marketing Exchange was created with one goal in mind, to help B2B practitioners across marketing and sales be better at their jobs. Now we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. These are the tips and tools you need to succeed. This is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Hey there, everyone. Claudia Tarico here, and I'm back with another episode of the B2BMX podcast. We've got another session replay from our B2BMX online experience in February, and it's a really great conversation about the expanding role of SDRs. For a while, SDRs were once simply viewed as outbound callers, but I got to say, the glow up of the SDR is real. SDRs are increasingly playing a more strategic role for B2B revenue teams as they are really on the front lines of interacting with target buyers, right? So this session features a panel of experts, including Nikki Ivey, co-founder of SDR Defenders, Brian Vital, VP of Sales Development at Zoom Info, and Ken Amar, Senior Manager of Sales Development at Outreach. The conversation was led by my boss, Andrew Gaffney of Demand Gen Report. So you've got a lot of different and awesome perspectives here that make for a great conversation. So with that, I'll let the tape roll. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next session. My name is Andrew Gaffney. I'm Editorial Director with Demand Gen Report. Really glad you could join us. Uh, we've got a great uh, group here, great topic. Um, so I'm going to dive right in, and I want to hear, hear more from them than from, from me. So um, we're going to be looking at the strategic role of SDRs, which I think most of you out there know and experience yourself as folks are getting, uh, revenue teams are getting more involved in ABM and more uh, collaborative and more you know, intricate ways to engage their audiences. I think the SDR function has clearly moved to, to the forefront. Everybody I talk to, they're looking at uh, more active ways to utilize SDRs, more ways to, to really embed them into strategy. So got a great group, great different perspectives uh, today on what that looks like. So encouraged to, to hear you. So uh, I'm going to jump right in and ask them to introduce themselves. Um, you know, rather than just do straight bios, I want to just spend a minute on them sharing their perspectives. Um, so let's do that. Let me uh, let me start with you, Nikki. Would you introduce yourself quickly? Yeah. Hi, I'm I'm Nikki Ivy. I think of myself as a one-woman demand engine uh, because uh, the way that I approach content um, and and sales development is a little unconventional. Um, but it is a way that I've found success, real success, uh, creating uh, demand. Beyond that, I am extremely passionate about helping SDRs level up and helping companies better leverage SDRs uh, for skills that are broader than what we, what we used to think of, of what SDRs should be doing. Um, so things like teaching them copywriting and content creation and things like that. And that led me to co-found SDR Defenders, uh, where we are at this point a content hub to sort of offset a lot of the misinformation and bad advice that SDRs get out in the ether. Uh, and we are moving toward full-on courses and things like that. In addition, I'm a member of various communities to that end, uh, to the end of elevating the sales profession. That is uh, like Sales for the Culture, which is a group of Black 
sellers uh, who are leveling up together. Awesome. Really excited to have you. Thanks for making time today. Uh, Ken, you've got an interesting perspective in uh, the work you're doing day to day, but also part of the community that you're involved in at Outreach. Can you, can you show some background for us, introduce yourself? Definitely. Hey, hey, everyone. My name is Ken Amar. Uh, I'm a senior SDR manager here at Outreach. Um, I've been with the company for about three years now. I actually was an SDR, one of the OG SDRs. So um, I've kind of seen the SDR role from uh, from dialing from dollars, as, as we mentioned, um, to a much more strategic role now. Um, I'm involved in a, a bunch of communities in Outreach, in Outreach's SDR uh, program, including our uh, newly launched DEI uh, initiatives and community. Awesome. Uh, and Brian, I'll ask you to, to introduce yourself next. And actually, I'm going to share uh, a slide on the screen that I think is appearing now. I, need, I know you need, as a part of Zoom Info being newly public, you need to just cover the safe harbor agreement. Is that appearing on the screen? Yeah, it is, Andrew. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, now that Zoom Info is a publicly traded company, any forward-looking statements made on behalf of the company regarding its business, financial results, growth rates, new products and services, strategic plans, or potential future financings or other transactions, among other things, may be subject to enhanced scrutiny by the investment community and other third parties. Thank you, Andrew. Um, yeah, my name is Brian Vital. Uh, I think I'm pretty similar to the first uh, two panelists here, you know, the passion for sales development and what we do and just helping others really embrace this role that is oh so difficult. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, proud to be here. I'm, I'm here on behalf of Zoom Info. We have about 190 SDRs right now across inbound, outbound and customer. And uh, I think, you know, something also that I'm passionate about is uh, I do run also a blog called SDR Huddle, which sounds pretty similar to Nikki in a way where we're trying to really share good practices and debunk bad ones. So sounds uh, Nikki, sounds like you have a good thing going too. Awesome. So Brian, let me stay with you a first question, kind of core to, to what the topic of, of today's session is about. Share with us if you can in, in your role and what you're seeing out in the world, how has the role of SDRs changed, you know, both within your organization and what you're seeing, how they're becoming more strategic, um, Again, let me just start with you there. Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, the, the most important thing that we found right when COVID started um, is there had to be an increase in strategic writing and, and mobile cell phone numbers. Uh, that was across the board because what does a direct dial to someone's desk number do right now? I mean, there's, there are some people in office, but that's a big hit on your connect rate. And the other piece is you have to stand out. I think we all saw the influx of content and emails once COVID hit. Like my inbox blew up. Everyone was just blasting emails out. And um, so I think that was really critical. So those two pieces, cell phone numbers, shameless plug, Zoom info, and of course, better writing and better content. The second piece uh, is data. We had to rethink about what are people doing? What are the common trends that they're actually doing at home? You know, is there still like this normal lunch half hour that you can try to catch someone? Are they going to be leaving their work desk earlier, later? And, and when do we trigger emails to go out at different times? So I think that the data piece is lending a nice strategy uplift to the SDR team here at Zoom Info as well. Awesome. Great perspective. Ken, let me ask you the same question, what you're seeing sort of in, in your your world at Outreach as well as what you might be seeing from the community. A hundred percent. So if you recall, I was an SDR about three years ago. Back then, it was literally dialing for dollars, right? Our top SDRs, myself included, would make hundreds of dials every day. Um, not really like heavy use of personalization or relevance in emails. Um, a lot more like automated sequences and cadences. Uh, but since then, we've seen like a tremendous shift. Um, here at Outreach, we use our own platform to sell our platform, right? So we've become kind of experts in the value it brings. Um, 
So we've seen our SDR org mature and become a lot more strategic. We have teams going up market and enterprise strategic. Um, uh, you know, our SDR team is spearheading efforts internationally in, uh, in our EMEA office and our APAC office and um, uh, most recently in new markets. Awesome. Uh, let me wrap that question with you, Nick. I mean, you, you actually, uh, you don't just play one on TV. You actually, you're in the role day to day and you, you get to talk to a lot of people. So I'm here, curious to hear your perspective on it. You're right. I'm in the I'm in the trenches um, and I'm, I'm actually starting to transition out of that. But it, you know, the reasons for that and the way that I got to that path, I think is still relevant here. I think when we start to look at a lot of the changes in how we look at the role and how we're supporting SDRs, um, it is about broadening the idea of you know, what their career path can be. I think when we approach it that way, then it starts to make sense to have SDRs spend time with marketing to learn demand gen, um, to have SDRs, again, spend time with marketing to understand how to write engaging copy, right? And when you do that, there is this purpose, right? To your point, Ken, about making the dials, the dials, the dials. When you do that, there is this purpose that becomes injected into the work that SDRs do and it improves outcomes. More importantly, it improves morale of these folks and helps thoughtful, effective SDRs want to stay in the profession. Yeah, that's great. Let me let me use that as a, a springboard to that, a follow-up on that question, Nikki, and I'll start with you. One of the things I wanted to get all your perspectives on was that idea of you know career advancement and how, how you use that both in, in recruiting good SDRs, but then also giving them a path to that this isn't just a a dialing for dollars role, a kind of dead end. So talk again about your personal perspective, Nikki, and then what you're seeing at a, a, a wider lens on that. Yeah, I think that particularly with what we saw with COVID and these almost immediate like content wars started happening, certainly between organizations. There was a point when, at least in my feed on LinkedIn, I was seeing like 10 webinars a day because people were just trying to figure it out. Um, but then, But then that gave way to more SDRs creating content. And I think that opened a lot of people's eyes um, as to, you know, maybe not just this is how we generate demand, but this is how we find passion and really figure out what we want to do next as SDRs. And I think for a lot of folks without that you know, that push, I was I was out of work for six months. I know a lot of other salespeople, particularly SDRs who were laid off during that time. And those of us who um, had the guidance or the instincts to go out and start creating content around what we do and what we love to do are the ones who are seeing success now. Um, and, and like I said, uncovering new career paths for ourselves. So to your point, I'm transitioning into this role um, that is a brand communications role. Um, and I got that because of my approach to sales development and how it incorporated these other uh, functions. Great, now it's great to see you know firsthand. So thank you for that. Brian, let me ask you your, your perspective on this because I know it's something you and I have talked a lot about in the past and you're passionate about it. Tell me a little bit about how you're approaching this within Zoom Info and, and anything else you've seen you know, more on a trend basis. You're, you're muted, Brian, I think. Sorry about that. In regards to the career path, Andrew? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the career path is everything. You know, uh, this job is hard no matter how you slice it. You're, you're 10, three years ago, pounding dials, 
creating strategic content is challenging too. Like it's a hard job. I don't care who you are, your background, and you have to provide the alignment to other departments as Nikki, as Nikki mentioned, you have to provide the ability to learn and you have to give extreme clarity and over communicate the career path. Um, I think it's important to not only do all those things, but provide feedback to your team as an SDR leader as well. You know, I think anything from, did someone get the job as an AE or did they not? And then either way, there's a talk track as an SDR leader before they leave your team on uh, why do you think it went well? Why do you think it didn't? And then taking that information and sharing that back to the team. I really see a, a manager, an SDR leader as someone that can not only bring alignment to other departments to the SDR, but you're also sort of that 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 blend from sales and marketing and sales ops and sharing that information and insights back to your SDR team. So I think the one really valuable thing I've heard so far is like giving enough information to an SDR so they have a better idea of where they want to go and not just assuming they have to go AE. So I think that's how we're looking at it, Andrew. Real quick, Brian, what else, you know, the AE path is most obvious, but what are some of the other paths you've seen? Yeah, we have a customer SDR team as well. So that often lends to the account management side a lot, which has uh, been great for some of our SDRs who really love to build a book of business and work strategically with our clients. Uh, we do have other smaller buckets, but this is like the real unique thing about some info. You know, we hire someone, and this is like, these are somewhat true stories. You know, we have a large team, but we had someone that maybe worked as part of a key squad at Best Buy, and they have a lot of passion around technology. They're a great SDR. Well, like, why not that, you know, why not, you know, talk to your SDR team, understand what they like, what are their passions? So we have some SDRs who have this like really strong technical background actually join our sales ops team, which is really cool. You know, sales ops team to me, ever since I've been in this appointment setting landscape for the last decade has been almost exclusively non-SDR off the street hires. And the fact that our sales ops team now is like interviewing the SDR team, like that feels really cool. Like, and I remember interviewing folks saying, oh, that's great. They love technology. That's like what they did for six years. And now they get to go back and do something they love because they grinded and worked hard as an SDR. And so we've got these like sort of niche buckets around some info, Andrew, where we can, you know, identify these passions and trying to get them in those places. And I think it makes all the difference to your team yeah. to like remember what they're about and their passions. Yeah, that's great. If we have time, I want to come back to that idea. I think it's something you and Nikki have touched on, and I've talked to each of you individually about just the idea of skill sets, like which skill sets really work well in the SDR field. But uh, Ken, let me let me switch over to you if I could. Uh, give me some perspectives. I know you said you've seen it personally of how the role has changed. Uh, what are you seeing? What's going on within outreach in terms of creating, uh, you know, better career paths, you know, more progression opportunities for folks from the SDR role, and what are you seeing? more broadly across customers in the community. Definitely. Um, so I think I can speak for a lot of folks when I say that uh, when COVID hit, a lot of promotions were stalled. You know, a lot of people were laid off. Um, I, I can say here internally at, uh, at Outreach, um, a lot of the reps who were eligible for promotion, maybe in a summer of last year, were told, hey, it's going to be six months, if not more, right? Um, and it was a big bummer for them. But in fact, it turned out to be an opportunity for us as an SCR team, right? Um, we have a hundred percent success rate in our SCRs that we promote into other departments, right? We're able to reassess the situation with AE leadership. Hey, what are some of the gaps that our SCRs bring to the AE team? How can we mitigate some of that risk? And we built out a fantastic AE accelerator program, right? So we have about 20 SCRs this month and next that are going to get promoted to AEs, right? All of them are graduates of this accelerator program. Um, 
that uh, one of our SCR leaders leads. Um, he used to be a closer in a previous role. So he kind of talks about, all right, so you set up the IM, what happens afterwards in the demo? Like what are the stages in a deal and all the intricacies that uh, an AE needs, right? So this has become a big part of our company. Um, and I, I think I've seen some other um, uh, companies as well in the industry do that. Okay, great. Ken, let me start with you on this next question, but I want to get everybody's perspective. There's been a lot of debate over time about which um, which department or how the reporting structure for, our, for SDR should look like. Should it be a, up into sales, marketing, something else, customer success? Uh, let me start with you, Ken. What are you seeing both within outreach and any of the other customers in your community in terms of how the reporting structure is operating, should operate, in your, in your opinion? Definitely. Um, I, I think... So it depends on the type of SDR, right? Um, a lot of inbound teams we've seen report up to marketing, right? Like rightfully so. Um, here at Outreach, our SDR team reports up um, to our own VP, kind of like Brian, uh, Steve Ross, who reports to our CRO. Um, that uh, lets our uh, SDR team work really uh, well with our AE counterparts uh, in their respective market segments. Okay. Brian, share a little bit about how your, your yours is structured. Steve Ross, that's a, he's a great guy. I actually go back with Steve. That's awesome. I'm glad he's still there. Um, yeah, we, uh, we as the SDR team, report exclusively uh, to myself, who then reports to our CRO, so our chief revenue officer. I think, you know, the debate needs to be diffused a bit and a little bit because I honestly, um, it always comes back, you know, SDRs on inbound and marketing, SDRs in general, marketing sales. If there's proper alignment and communication, like, doesn't that make all the difference. And so, yeah, I report to our CRO and I love my relationship with my CRO and, and I love the visibility into the sales funnel. But at the same time, I meet with our CMO every single day. So I think with that, with that rhythm, if it was the opposite way and I know that, you know, our CRO every single day, like, would it be that different? Maybe, but it would still be better than most organizations running sort of siloed away from each other. So it's something as simple as like, if you're an SDR leadership, like just speak to your CMO or VP of marketing, like at least once or twice a week, it makes such a difference. Like I'm going to, I learn like product updates and what to expect from this campaign. And it, it, it helps me so much to understand the marketing side of house, just to meet with our leadership team and marketing every day. Awesome. Uh, Nikki, let me ask you your, your perspective on that. What you've seen in the past roles, what you hear and people you talk to in the committee, what, what's your opinion on, on sort of what a reporting structure could or should look like for, for the SDR function? You know this is a hot button. You know it is. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm a, I've been considered myself for the past year a sales expatriate, um, having transitioned uh, into these marketing functions. But I think, uh, so generally speaking, uh, in my experience, I've had better outcomes as an SDR reporting to marketing. And we'll get into why here in a second, but I, I, I wanna make it clear that when we make these decisions, like as an organization, it really just has to come down to which leader is most excited about sales development. And I think that gets left out of the decision a lot of the time. So folks will put SDRs reporting into the VP of sales because they want, they see their SDRs as a funnel into the AE function, right? Candidate funnel. Um, and they want the SDRs to learn sales skills, which is reasonable. But what if that VP of sales just instinctively is more about or can relate more to AEs? What if he's about full cycle sales even, right? And then conversely, if, if we're talking about a marketing leader, that marketing leader might not know exactly how to teach the SDR team selling skills 
which becomes less important if that's not what they're supposed to be the pipeline for. Um, but more important if I, as an SDR, want to be a seller. So it's two prong, right? The organization has to understand which leader is best suited. And then as an individual SDR, even if you don't report to, to Brian's point, even if you don't report to uh, your leader function, functional leader of choice, uh, you've got to go out and make those relationships. Uh, real quick, I said I would mention why I prefer marketing personally. Um, and it's because of all of the different um, and creative ways that you can leverage an SDR and a marketing team. Uh, one of the things we're doing right now is these empathy building exercises where SDRs go to virtual events that are targeting our ICP. So we're at these events listening to what our ICP is listening to as SDRs. And this informs how we talk to these folks on the phone. This informs how we craft these messages. And that's just not something in my experience on sales teams that sales leaders feel like they have the freedom to empower SDRs to do. It becomes so much more about the dashboards and metrics in my experience. That's great. Let me ask you, I'll start this question with you, Nikki, and, and look at it from a couple of different lenses. My, my question to start was, are SDRs communicating more across different channels now? And does that require, you know, different skill sets? So, you know, you talked about content, you know, being more, um, are they doing, working more with email and social media? Um, so talk a little bit about that, if you can, about sort of the, the omni-channel factor, and if you think that influences what kind of skill sets are, are needed. Yes, I, I encourage SDRs to think of their social pages as landing pages for their ICP and not as places where they should talk all about their SDR expertise, unless the, what they're selling is relevant to that. I think that that's one of the things people are missing when they try to do a, a multi-thread approach that includes social um is they want to be like their favorite sales guru who is all day long talking about sales uh and so yes they're doing this thing where they're talking about their journey as sdrs but it's not hitting so that's the first thing that uh, that i teach people to do is like what would this look like how do you make these pages pop in a way that's useful to the people who you actually want to build relationships with right and then everything see this is a marketer's mindset right and then everything kind of pushes them to the website to book a demo. And then if you're reporting into marketing, the marketing team is credited for that and you've done your job versus y'all know, like Kim was talking about, the calls, the calls, the calls, the calls, the calls, and maybe one at a time getting that same that same kind of mileage out of the content. Yeah. Ken, I'll switch to you um, to, to build on what Nikki was talking about. You, you started out talking that's no longer just dialing for dollars. Um, you know, what does it look like today in, in the, the SDR setups that are doing it well? Is it email, is it social? Is there any best practices associated with that that you've seen? Definitely. It's always about pushing like boundaries, right? So back in my day, phone and email, I think still the bedrock of any good SDR. But now um, some of our best SDRs are incorporating like video or even texting, right? Obviously, you have to be like really thoughtful in who you text, right? Some of your prospects might not like that, but um, really pushing boundaries. But um, 
as an SDR layer, I think consistency and like visibility is like really important for me, right? So whenever we do like a direct uh, mail campaign, we build a sequence around, right? So let's say I'm, um, I'm sending cupcakes to Brian, right? So if Brian wasn't a customer of outreach, he would be our ideal person to get, uh, get after, right? So we ship cupcakes you can to Brian. Send them, Ken. You can still send them if you want. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> so we got a team of 20 SDRs. They all ship cupcakes. Um, but it's important to like track that, right? And then like tailor your messaging, your emails, your um, your videos afterwards, specifically to that uh, campaign, right? Um, and, and then I can scale that across our entire SDR org. Great. No, that's a great. I'm glad you brought up direct mail and some of the other potential uh, avenues. Uh, Brian, would you add on to that? Like what you're seeing in terms of multi-platform, multi-communication? Yeah, I mean, again, you know, as Ken and Nikki said, they're all important. This is not the, this is like definitely the hot button debate. Um, but it is, we we book most of our meetings from the phone. And let me like sort of explain myself. It doesn't mean it's like, that means, doesn't mean Nikki's incorrect or I'm correct. That's not that what I mean. I think it's two really important things that people should really think about. And it shouldn't come from, you know, even the CEO of a business or CRO, it needs to come from the leaders of the SDRs. And let me make my point. Number one, the first thing you need to think about is the persona you're going after. What's your number one persona? Mine's salespeople. Okay. The second piece is the SDR leader, which all these thoughts and trainings and blah, blah, blah comes from me to my team. What am I good at? What am I good at teaching and coaching? I started at 19 years old doing B2C window appointments. So my thoughts are like, Nikki's better than me at, at crafting emails. And Ken's better at sending videos and cupcakes. So like, I'm not going to get in front of my teens and try to convince them to do something that I don't feel comfortable in teaching and training them. But what I do think I can do is really help everyone on my team really get more comfortable with the phone and when to use the phone and provide data on when to use the phone. And so, yeah, I mean, we are, we are very heavy on the phone and it's because, you know, hate or love it. Their coach, you know, is a, you know, look at Imagine a sport, right? Like, you know, if I was, really great at baseball and you taught me to coach basketball, like that'd be weird. I'm not good at it. It would come off crappy, but I am really good at coaching the phone. So therefore I can, I can really help people with the phone. And I think any role more comfort with the phone, not afraid to pick up the phone, regardless of the percentages, if it differs from Nikki and team and Ken and team and myself, that's what I'm good at coaching and teaching. And that mixed with the sales persona. That's why it works for us. Yeah. And, and even as these other areas come on more, it's still such a fundamental part of it. So, yeah. um, all right. Final question. I'm just fl you know, flying by. Um, but um, I wanted to look at the role of technology. Uh, Brian, let me start with you. Any technologies you would point out that have been sort of core to what you guys do in terms of success of the SDR function? Uh, anything sort of new that you've done? Uh, related questions to that in terms of around SDR uh, specific to technology, are there aspects of that that make, you know, that become important considerations like cadence or reporting? So uh, let me ask you quickly to touch on technology and anything below that that I hit on. Is the phone still considered technology, Andrew? Sure. Um, all right, cool. The phone is definitely one, I guess. I've always thought I'm a big phone person. Uh, the second one, I think, um, I think scoring on leads, contacts, and accounts have gotten a bad rap over the last, in my experience, half a decade. And I think the reason why it was um, a lot of those scorings aren't shared across department because marketing may have one score and sales may have another. And one thing that we've really helped our SDRs be able to focus in on where to go after the right accounts, right? That's like the biggest SDR hurdle at times is SDRs are like, oh, I'm burnt out. And you're like, why? And you're like, I'm tired of trying to find accounts. So I think the most important thing is um, if you have a, you know, you work with sales, marketing, sales ops, don't just create a score that 
number one, everyone agrees upon, but number two, think of a score that is not just based on rate of account, you know, characteristics or, or the, the lead score to how to book a demo, but like also incorporate like the win rate aspect, like how great of a physicist to actually turn into revenue. We've done a good job. We blend a lot of those in together. You know, it's a lot more than that. I, I'm not as smart as our sales ops team, but we take like five or six, seven different data points and blend them together for this like general score on accounts and contacts and leads. And then therefore we share it all back to the SDR team on every Salesforce record and everything and, you know, whatever we're using to call out. And so those are the two big things that have really helped me a lot, how to guide, how to direct. And then with that phone, which I said is our, our strong strike point. Awesome. Nikki, let me get your perspective on, on this with technology and any you know, technology you think are imperative, any trends you're seeing around that? Yeah, I think that what a lot of folks are doing with intent data is really exciting. It kind of goes to Brian's point of, you know, are we talking to the right people? Are we looking for the right people? Um, and so at my, at MTrain, we don't actually have a platform besides ZoomInfo actually, which we just now got on the plan that provides intent data. So thanks, Brian. Uh, but, but you know, I, we have been looking at things like, you know, Sixth Sense, Bombora. And so I, on my own, when I first started in this role, um, subscribe to whatever free intent, uh, you know, apps that there were out there and it made such a difference just having the right list. I mean, this increased my open rates, reply rates, all of those things. So I would say, yes, intent data, something like Zoom Info um, that can also make sure that once you've got that data, you have the right information to contact those folks. Um, so, but besides that, I want to hit on another point that, that Brian made as far as, you know, tech and, and the role of the phone and this multi-thread thing. What we have done is recognize just the point that you made, which is some folks on your team are going to be stronger at certain channels. So we're, we've run this test called Team Tackle and we've said, what would happen if within a given account, right, we gave each SDR a different contact to reach out to and they reached out to them in whatever channel, whatever method is more comfortable or that they're best that they excel at so that we can really see, right, which of those avenues of those approaches is producing the most meetings. Um, and we're pretty early into it to really give you a definitive answer, Brian. Uh, but I, I like the phone's chances. So, so that's really, uh, I guess the point I'm making is that the tech stack doesn't have to be, you know, this big robust thing you just have to play to the strengths of the team you have, and you have to make sure that you have some tech that's telling you, helping you understand who to reach out to, who's looking for you, and how to contact them with the right information. Awesome, we're just about out of time. Ken, I want to let you wrap it up. I mean, outreach has obviously become one of the you know, de facto platforms out there. Any quick thoughts on how people are best using technology from your perspective? So this is going to be a shameless plug, so <laughs> please bear with me. But um, I got to vote for outreach, right? Um, so we're releasing uh, a couple new features soon. Uh, they're in beta right now, but our SDR team is actually testing them. Myself as an SDR leader, I use them every single day, right? Um, one of them being sentiment analysis, right? Like any good SDR leader in the past, you know, I cared about email open and reply rates, right? But with sentiment analysis, I can actually say, okay, you've got a lot of email opens, you've got a lot of replies, but uh, we can actually measure the sentiment of the response, right? what is positive, what is negative. And then furthermore, you can dive into like 
how long is the rep taking to take action on an email reply, right? So we found some interesting data where our, our best reps um, actually have a higher objection rate on, uh, on emails, but they take the most action and the quickest action on those replies. So I always coach my team, um, hey, the moment you get a response, even if it's like not like the best email response you can get, pick up the phone, call them right away, right? And I think that kind of validates uh, some of my teachings to my team. Awesome. All right, guys, we, the time flew by. I'm sorry we're out of time. I feel like we could talk about this uh, for for several hours longer and really appreciate all your insights. So Nikki, Brian, Ken, I want to thank you. I want to encourage everybody in the audience. We didn't really get to, I don't think we even scratched the surface on some of the knowledge that these folks have to share. So I encourage you to connect with them all on the platform and, and pick their brains further. Thank you all for, for making time. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. SDRs are truly the key bridge between sales, marketing, and customer success. So I hope this panel got you thinking about how companies are rethinking their career paths for SDRs. So thanks so much for tuning in today. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the pod on the streaming service of your choice and hit us up on social media, whether it's Twitter or LinkedIn. Just search B2BMX or B2B Marketing Exchange. My handle is also Claudia Tarico, and you could catch me on at DG underscore report. I'd love to hear from you. So share your thoughts, feedback, guest suggestions, or just, you know, say hi, whatever you want to do. So yeah, that's it. I look forward to hearing from you. That's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you for joining us and I will catch you next week.